Hello, this is Deborah Anderson, the Black Woman Animator, coming back to you with another video. And this video is about the benefits of living abroad. And this is going to be from an American uh, viewpoint because a lot of other countries travel <laughs> and we don't. Uh, so I lived in South Korea for two years from 2009 to 2011. And I always highly recommend living abroad to everyone who I come into contact who asks me about my experience. So I wanted to go through some points of the benefits of living abroad. The first one is stepping outside of your comfort zone. So it, it's a new city, possibly a new country, um, new language. And so every day is an adventure of sorts. So for example, I never got my clothes dry cleaned because I thought the adventure would be too much. Uh, I'll, I'm very in my head and analytical. So I would think that I would look up how to say something and then whatever they would respond with, I wouldn't know what they were saying. And then we couldn't have a conversation and then I couldn't dry clean, dry clean my clothes. But I know that I probably was doing too much and I probably would have been able to figure out how to go to the dry cleaners and it would have been okay. But as far as stepping outside of your comfort zone, I remember when they first dropped me off at my apartment in Guangzhou and I was sitting on my bed, I was just like, I have absolutely no idea where I am in relation to anything else. And that's to say like, if you gave me a map of Guangzhou I would not be able to point to you where I was. And that was just so interesting. It wasn't like a scary feeling. It just was like an interesting feeling to be in this country that I didn't really know about several months later and to be sitting somewhere and just not have any grasp of where the heck I was. And just in a literal sense, like I knew that I was in Guangzhou <laughs> and I knew that I was in South Korea. You experience a lot of personal growth. You'll see an improved version of yourself. Just all of the challenges that you have to undertake and just how humble you have to be to just learn um, and adapt to somewhere that you're not familiar with. And so you have a lot of this independence and newfound confidence that can really help in your personal development and you and you just feel accomplished when you are able to tackle the challenges that are uh, in front of you every day. Something else you'll be doing is finding yourself. There are decisions that you have to make in your new country that you cannot get advice on from your friends or family back home just because they don't have the context of the culture of your new country, how things are done. I mean, there are some stuff that are um, agnostic to culture where you can still ask for help, but there are some particular specific things where it's just like, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know what, they don't probably don't even know what you're talking about. So you find yourself in having to make those decisions on your own. And so you gain, again, that confidence of being your own person. Another benefit is learning a new language. 
So if you go to a country where they do not speak your native tongue, I would take that as an opportunity to learn a new language. Uh, I have seen people not take this opportunity, uh, but I would encourage you to do it. It will help you, you know, think on your feet. If you can't think of a word, you have to adapt. Uh, you can get uh, fluent in uh, hand gesture and it'll just uh, expand your horizons. I've heard about people who are multilingual where they have um, different personalities depending on the language they're, they're speaking just because different languages are constructed different ways. And so you can kind of find uh, a new language and a new kind of personality by because some uh, languages are more boisterous, some are more subdued and whatnot. So that's something to do. I would encourage you to concentrate on learning vocabulary. Don't get so caught up in the grammar like I did uh, because uh, Korean for an English speaker is a level four language and that means it's really hard. <laughs> like a level one language would be uh, some of the romance languages like uh, French, uh, Spanish, Italian because they're similar to English but Asian languages and some other languages are kind of like the first, the furthest thing you can get from English, so they're harder to learn. And so I would be all up in my head about the different grammar structures. And so I think that kind of held me back from learning as much Korean as I could. But I, I did try to learn the Korean and I tried to become conversational, but that is a great opportunity and a benefit of living abroad. And then you can bring that back to your home country and put it on your resume and that could possibly be the key to getting you a new job. Another benefit is learning about another culture. So that again is that adaptability. And like I mentioned earlier, you can find a new you. And that is not to say it'll be a fake you, but like it's a new you that has to exist in order to survive in your new country. So, Korea Deborah slurped the heck out of some noodles. <laughs> like, I was like, yes! Manners are a social construct that just were made up at some point in life and I do not have to adhere to those things in the Eastern world. <laughs> so I'm just like souping it up like <laughs> But I mean, once I got back to America, I got my manners back because I want people looking at me crazy. But uh, if I was uh, Thailand, Deborah, I heard that crossing the street is crazy and you just, you, if you wait on people to stop, you'd be standing there forever. So Thailand, Deborah would have to get up the confidence to just start walking across the street and then hope the motorbikes go around me. Uh, and then back to being Korea, Deborah. Korea, Deborah is not afraid of the dark. America, Deborah is afraid of the dark specifically in, in terms of safety, because there were several times where I would get off the bus, get off the subway, and have maybe a 15 minute walk back to my apartment, and I would be walking through back alleys and all types of things, but in Korea, particularly, it was safe. So I didn't have any worries, but I can't do that in America. And then another thing was I, you could just like leave your stuff at your table. If you went into a restaurant, 
if you want to save your seat you can put your bag down it will be back there when you got back even if you forgot your bag came back maybe 15 20 minutes later it probably will still be there so that's a different kind of existence which is still deborah but i was able to be more free in some some instances than i was able to be in when i am america so intercultural competence so this is not guaranteed when you move abroad particularly if you take the arrogant american uh route but if you're going abroad and being open to new ways of thinking and thinking about maybe the history of the country that you're going to um for example when i was teaching uh english at the different schools for some reason like i would see this food and and say man okay that's chicken <laughs> get three pieces on my plate sit down and realize that it's tofu and i'm like but how does tofu look like chicken <laughs> and so having that cultural competency and understanding that at some point in time uh when i was there it was like 50 years pr prior japan ruled korea and part of that was being starved and so the question have you eaten can be as common as how are you in korea it's like one of those high high questions that possibly depending on the age or or the person they'll be like oh have you eaten today and that's just like a typical question to kind of show care and just uh it's part of uh, korean culture sometimes and so for me i would be sitting there and just like okay i have three pieces of tofu on my plate i can't just throw this away i have to figure out something i don't know what i did i think i still ended up throwing it away but i tried to like be sneaky about it maybe hide it under something i don't know if they had napkins <laughs> but i'll try I, I at least thought about it like try to be sensitive to what the history of their of their country is and then another instance is when i worked at the animation company like in korean culture single people don't really hang around and talk to married people uh, i mean we hang, hung out in groups but just like one-on-one -on -one, that that didn't happen so i had to decide when i would go see one of the producers for cleveland show i had to like reduce my visits even though the reason i was going to visit him is because he's the only other black person that works here and duh like i'm going to go see the other black dude even though he was like canadian like we still had more similarities than the korean people and so i'm like trying to get a piece of home by talking to someone who is a like fluent in english kind of know i mean he knew about america in American history and American politics and all that stuff more than the typical American. So I was able to talk about that type of stuff, but I also had to be kind of aware that it, it didn't look the best for me to get like go see him every day. Cause I was, sometimes I would stop by there in the morning and then come back down to my desk. So he was able to tell me like, oh, they're kind of iffy about that. So I didn't stop seeing him cause that makes absolutely no sense. But I did reduce the amount of times I would go visit just to respect the culture.
Another benefit is making friends from all over the world. So you can learn about different cultures, they can teach you about different foods. You can also see how similar um, different cultures are, like just being human, how similar you can be even though you grew up in a different country. So I have my, specifically from being in South Korea, I have my Canadian friends, um, which I am honorary Canadian, uh, partially because I live, I'm from Michigan, and so we're really close to Canada. So sometimes visiting Canada doesn't even count as visiting a foreign country because it's like right there. And back in the day, people used to go to the club in Canada before you had to have a passport. <laughs> and so it's kind of, eh, I guess that's a country on my list. But it's like, it's like another state of America when you're close to it. And so in my childhood, a lot of the... TV shows that I watch, I didn't realize were Canadian. And so I would fast forward to living in South Korea and being in the bar and just talking about different stuff. And it's like, wow, we had the same TV shows. <laughs> so like Michigan got Canada's um, children's shows. And then apparently Canada got to see how much crime was going on in Michigan or Detroit. I got my Korean friend, Jayen that I still talk to today. I have my Irish friend, James, which I check up on him and his linguistic um, journey and all the things that he wants to do. Um, and then I have my well-traveled American friends that I keep in contact with. So uh, it's, a, a, it's like a certain type of person that kind of, especially from America, that goes and lives internationally. So you get to, just become friends with all these different type people, even in learning about different parts of America by meeting people from different states. So making new friends and they could even possibly become your language partner if you wanna learn a language from their country. So it's a huge benefit. I'm still friends with a lot of people today that I, that I met in South Korea. Another benefit is gaining new perspectives on other countries and gaining new perspectives on your own country by living in another country. So not everyone, but a typical thought about Americans when they travel abroad is that we're kind of arrogant and ignorant. And so you can kind of, you can see an American from a mile away. And so we tend to think that we're the only country that has certain things or we're the best at certain things, which um, depending on the country, we're not. <laughs> so living in South Korea, I got the opportunity to have universal healthcare as a foreigner. And in 2019, I don't have that opportunity as a native of my country of America. So, that was awesome because Koreans go to the doctor like water. Like when you don't have to uh, pay astronomical bills for getting checkups and just checking out and getting cancer screening or something, like you go to the doctor like anytime, like, oh, my elbow's hurting a little bit. Let me go to the doctor. <laughs> and uh, I just read um, something this woman was in 
a Scandinavian country or something like that. And she had like a, a lump that she found. And she was asking her coworkers like, oh, how do I get a referral? We go to a cancer doctor and they're like, what's a referral? Like, just go to the cancer place. And she's like, no, but like, how do I get, like, how do I get access? And they're like, just go. <laughs> and so she gets there and then she's just like, oh, like, basically they, she, she got there. They ran a test. They're like, oh, let's go across the hall. Sorry for this being an inconvenience that is not in this room. Like, let's go across the hall, do this other test. Bam, bam, boom. Within maybe 20 to 30 minutes, she found out that the lump was not cancerous. Like, and that was just like a wow moment for her because in America, one, it would have cost a lot. Two, you would have had to go to like three different doctors. Um, uh, three, uh, three, <laughs> uh, you would have, it would have taken forever, even if you were at one doctor. So, I mean, when you go to other countries, you just gain new perspectives on how other people can live life in a different way, but it, it'd be, it'd be, it's right as well. Like not just because we're living life as in this way, doesn't mean it's the only way to live life correctly. Additionally, I saw a conversation once where people were asking because, you know, there's been a lot of pro protests in France, South Korea, China and different countries. And somebody was asking like, okay, why don't y'all pro protest like this in America? And somebody made the point that we don't, we can't protest like other people protest in other countries because our healthcare is attached to our job. So there's a freedom of not having healthcare attached to your job when you're fighting for your job, your wages, your industry. Like, especially if you take um, the fight for a $15 minimum wage, these people, not everybody who is, has a minimum wage is working for a fast food company. And that's us, one thing that people need to acknowledge. But some of these people are working for like fast food companies where you're kind of expendable. So if you're out there protesting, you could just lose your job and then you don't have that access to health care. If you have a family or a spouse that needs it or a grand, um, a parent, a grandparent that needs your health care, you're not going to fight for your rights because you don't you can't make waves. And so you're just going to keep going to work. And then the people who uh, either just don't care and just need want to fight for uh their right to party um but they um they're they're going to kind of fall on the sword and protest and that's like a different perspective on protesting in america one new perspective i gained is like i definitely want to get old like a korean old person um luckily in recent years uh, old people in America are kind of doing their own thing and living their lives. But back when I went to Korea, it just seemed like when you reach a certain age in America, you're, you just decide that you're dead. <laughs> Basically, like you just decide I cannot learn anymore. I am not required to do anything else. Just like that living for retirement where I'm just like, I will just exist in this world until I die and that's about it and when i went to korea it just was cool to see 
older people on the ski slopes. Um, I remember being in a subway and this older Korean guy scaled so many steps. Like I was in my twenties and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm taking an escalator because that particular subway was like a hundred steps. Like I was, he was being ridiculous. And then uh, I would be on the buses in the subway and the um, older people would have like these cell phones where you could um, turn it to the side and it had like an antenna and they would be watching TV on there. And sometimes in America, I just knew that a lot of American older people would never get to that point because even if you did everything for them, if you set it up, if you just taught them how to turn it on or get to the TV uh, part of the phone and teach them how to change the channel, like, oh no, that's too much. Like, I can't learn how to do that. Like, I don't want this new technology. I just like be okay with whatever technology I learned from childhood or or in my younger adulthood and then I, I just don't want to learn anything else. So the fact that the Korean people were willing to just like learn how to do that and that's like really simple but I just was impressed by that and so that's how I want to be as I get older is that I can never stop learning, never stop being active, like I don't die when I get 60. I don't, I don't become a know-it-all or I, there's nothing I can't learn. Like, I just want to keep living even when I get to any elderly age. A last new perspective is that I learned that Samsung, LG, Kia, Hyundai, and Forever 21 are Korean companies. Because obviously as an American, everything Asian made is either Japanese or Chinese and Korea does not exist. <laughs> so um, I was able to learn that and Samsung has cars. Um, they stopped producing but they used to have cars and LG has windows like they just don't produce electronics in Korea. They produce other things. So that was something new that I found out. And then the, the Genesis that exists now like I saw that when I was in Korea and I'm like, that is a nice car. And now it's finally in America. And so I know somebody who has a Genesis and they often come out of like stores and people are like staring at their car. But when I saw that back in the day, I was like, that's like a normal Korean car. And that looks like a luxury vehicle. Like that would be so hot to have in America. And then fast forward to 2019, you can get a Genesis. Another benefit to living abroad is gaining a global mindset. So you can learn how much we are alike and how much um, we are different. You, I now understand how a foreigner can move to a, a foreign country and not learn the language. Like how people think of Hispanic people who move to America and don't learn English you would be amazed at how easy it is to do that. <laughs> Especially if you have a child or a grandchild that could speak the language of the country. Super duper easy. Like I know um, people who are married to Korean women, been in Korea for 12, uh, 20 years, and I knew more Korean than they did. Like if you 
even just learning how to order, how to take a taxi, learning how to read, and maybe learning how to ask how to where to go to the bathroom, maybe directions or something like that, you can get by in a foreign country for an extended period of time on basically nothing. And it's really amazing and eye-opening to understand how easy that it is to do that. So I now, like, I never judged people before about, like, coming to America and not learning English because English is a hard language to learn. But now that I've lived in a foreign country, it is super duper easy to do that. Gaining a global mindset helps you make fewer cultural assumptions and it helps open your mind to how people from other countries perceive the world. And so you have more of an understanding of, of our interaction with other countries, of, of countries' interaction with countries that are not America. And so you can then market your, your professional skills. Like you can put that on your resume. Um, people see that you've lived in a foreign country and you possibly can have uh, new career opportunities just from living in a foreign country and having kind of a mind shift of how things work globally. As you learn cultural differences and adapt to them, you can then see how a foreign culture operates and acknowledge that in that specific cultural context, it works. And so there are multiple cultures and ways to live that are right and work for that group of people. Another benefit of living abroad is learning to manage your relationships. So when I moved to South Korea, I did have a boyfriend back in America and pretty much the first year was a wash because I was halfway escaping <laughs> the relationship and thought it was going to end. Um, but there were some circumstances that caused me to not be able to end it. But the second year we started to try harder and so something that we would do was um, watch different TV shows or movies and then discuss them when we would talk regularly. And another thing we started to do was read books together. So I remember we, we read uh, Seth Godin's Lynchpin and so we would read a chapter or two in between our calls and then we would talk about what we learned in um, from the book. And that brought us closer together um, and it was it really strengthened our relationship from that first year and so by the time I came back it was like okay we're not on two islands and then with my father something that I did with my father um, because I'm like an analytical spreadsheet type person I created a schedule uh, particularly when I was at my um, when I was teaching English at my schools I would have my schedule of when I had class and on one side I would put what time it was in Korea and then on the other side I would put what time it would be in Michigan so that he would know when he could call me because depending on I mean because it was like 15 or 16 hours ahead there were kind of places at the beginning of my day and at the end of my day where uh, he could call me so I wanted him to like have the knowledge of okay let me look at the schedule okay Deborah sleeps so I'm not gonna call her or she has a class right now so I'm not gonna call her but in this break I can call her and talk to her 